start today's program with a conversation with Rahul Chaudhary from Stellaris Venture Partners in India. Rahul, welcome to the show. Hi. So Rahul, to start by introducing our audience to yourself as well as to Stellaris. Tell us about the fund, tell us you know, what is the size of the fund, what is the focus, and let's just get to know one another. Sure, sure. So Stellaris is an early stage tech-focused fund. Uh, the fund is about $90 million. And, uh, you know, we primarily uh, invest in seed to series A stage. And in India, these end up being round sizes that may start from a few hundred thousand dollars to up to $3 million from our size. And the company might be raising up to $6 million. Uh, so on our own, if it's a larger round, we do it with somebody else. Uh, and we also actively uh, back our companies that do well. So as a follow-on investor, you know, we have the capability to go up to $8 million in a particular company. Okay. Uh, the, and, fund, uh, the fund got started. Pardon? Once more? Yeah, I and mean, I was just going to briefly tell about myself. Uh, I've been investing since 2007. Uh, Claris got started about three years back, and prior to that, I was in another fund called Helion Ventures. Uh, before that, spent about seven years in three different uh, uh, companies as a product manager. Prior to that, with BCG in India, and then before that, in engineering and MD. So that's who I am. So um, tell us a bit about what you like to invest in from Stellaris. So, uh, you know, we are an India-based fund. So our ability to invest, uh, so basically we end up investing behind things that originate from India. Uh, having been in venture for so long, one thing we've realized is uh, this is a game of home runs. Uh, so anything that we invest behind uh, better have the capability to return the whole fund if everything goes well. We all know that you know in life uh, things don't go as per our expectations. Startups that are just getting uh, formed, you know, they go through a lot of uh, uh, navigation along their journey, and only few end up succeeding. So we need to make sure we invest behind very large outcomes. Uh, as far as uh, companies are concerned, there are three broad themes that we like uh, in this fund uh, that we are investing behind. Two of them are very India-specific, uh, one being you know, India has, uh, for, for last, I would say, uh, between 2008 and 2000, or between 2005 and 2015, so about 100 million internet users that came online. In just last three, four years, uh, we have suddenly seen that number jump from 100, 150 to about 500 million internet users. With Geo. Uh, due to Geo, due to prices coming down, uh, and because of that, there are a lot of people who are getting online for the first time in their life. The first 80, 100 million users were very similar to global consumers. They understood, you know, they had access to global apps. They understood how those apps operated. We think mm -hmm. there's a large opportunity to target the next 400 million internet users. The, the services that they will like will be same. The way they will, will be different. The, the way they will consume will be different. The user interface could be different. 
the price point could be different. So the one broad theme that we are very excited about is building businesses or backing businesses which uh, are catering towards this next you know, 400 million internet users. Okay. The second broad theme, uh, which is on similar lines but more targeted towards SMEs in India. Uh, you know, these are people who are like maybe uh, a Soho kind of a SME or maybe five to ten people kind of a SME. Uh, again, they behave similar to consumers, so they have also been using smartphones. Uh, but most of them have been using consumer apps to run their businesses. Mm -hmm. And we think time has come when they will need business solutions. Uh, and that's the second theme that we are backing. Now, interestingly, in India, people don't pay that easily for software. So most of these companies that we are backing are not going to earn money from the software. They will earn money when the merchants start seeing increase in revenue and they're ready to pay a cut of that revenue. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's a slight twist in the revenue model, but that's the second broad segment. And the third broad segment uh, is building global enterprise software businesses from India and sold from India. So mm -hmm. that ties to two uh, trends that we are seeing. One is availability of product and technology talent in India but also ability to remotely sell software uh, a small chunk. So price points of maybe you know, $10,000 a year to $20,000 a year, but doing it remotely from India. So these are the three broad things that we're investing in. So Rahul, um, in, that, in what you described, there's one thing that I did not hear, which I would like to actually ask you about, which is that 100 million consumers the first 100 million consumers, that is more a mature consumer in India, right? The luxury consumer is in there. Anybody who is in the luxury segment who has a good disposable income is in that segment. That segment, you know, people have been on the internet for a while. They, are, they have, you know, budget and, and they are sophisticated consumers. And that's a large number. 100 million users is a large number. Uh, not all necessarily uh, you know, high-income uh, segment, but the large part of it is high-income segment. Those are not of interest to you? No, so I would, what I would say is there are much larger problems to solve in the next three to 400 million in internet days. So that doesn't mean that we not invest, uh, let's say we see a company which has very strong interest in business model attacking a large problem. But a lot of uh, those consumers are already getting addressed from existing scaled up startups. So mm -hmm. you know, the larger problems there are most likely already getting addressed. Uh, and hence, we see a big gap in the next 400 million internet users. Okay. Uh, so if we see our investment, you know, I would say maybe four out of 11 that we may target uh, those uh, you know, next 400 million internet users. Okay. So let's, um, let's do a few examples. And uh, give us a few examples of what you have invested in catering to that next 400 million users. Sure, sure. So we, uh, you know, and this is an investment that my partner Ritesh made. It's in a company called Vogo, V-O-G-O. -O. Uh, you know, an equivalent of that company in the U.S., you will call it company like Bird and Lime, uh, which is a scooter sharing business. Uh, now, the problem that a bird or a line solves in the U.S. is very different than what Vogo is solving in India. So what Vogo is solving is a problem of last mile commute. 
for people who today take public transportation like a bus or a mm-hmm. three wheeler like a tuk tuk in india uh, you know these are people who cannot afford uh, a taxi ride every day while going sure. and coming from home uh, to their office uh, and and the next best available option is actually uh, a bus which is not comfortable take longer time so bogo is basically providing a proper scooter for people to travel from 3 to 7 kilometers from any point to point manner uh, and that's a segment where and i'm going to talk in indian rupees if if a uber will charge you 17 rupees a kilometer a tuk tuk will charge you 12 rupees a kilometer in bogo you can go from a point a to point b in a city at about 4 rupees a kilometer okay uh, and with all this the company they even on the scooter if the scooter does 4 to 5 rides a day uh now you know there are countries where bike taxis work uh i think indonesia thailand these are all countries where bike taxis work so you can argue why not do a similar model why do a self driving scooter model the interesting piece is the scooter itself might cost you an emi of uh, maybe 70 80 dollars a month if you put a, a driver on top of it suddenly the price point jumps to 17 to 5 times So then you could recover $3,500 a month versus recovering $350 a month versus recovering $70 a month. So you can't afford, or you mm-hmm. can't give that particular scooter at four rupees or five rupees a kilometer if you have to recover the driver cost. So now right. that's a very interesting model targeting a very different segment of users, uh, uh, and these are the next 300-400 million users that are coming on. Uh, so how so the um, how do you in this example that you just gave us? This obviously requires consumer behavior change. What indications do you have that people are willing to make that kind of consumer behavior change? And of course, there are issues around theft and so forth. How are you dealing with all that? Yeah, very good question. So one, uh, you know, with cities becoming larger, more denser, the traffic is going up in India in a lot of larger cities. and yeah. there is uh, you know if you if you ever come to india you will see the number of metro lines being laid out in all large cities in india so yeah. people are anyway moving towards public transport but the metro density is not same as in new york uh, you know a metro station typically uh, will mean that if you get down at a metro station you go to your office it could be 3 to 7 km kind of a ride so right. you are still going to have and you know the last mile between the metro mile. and the office sure. and metro in your home still needs to be done with some kind of transportation and that is where bogo is a, is a stepping stone so that's where the consumer behavior is already geared towards adopting bogo over time we feel that in any city you should be able to ride a bogo within 100 to 200 meters of wherever you are mm-hmm. uh, now that's where very interestingly india specific pieces come in in india there are a lot of government pop retailers uh and now evogo already has more than 100 retailers in bangalore who are willing to let scooters be parked in front of their shops they will do the refueling they also take care of the scooters so they'll clean it up they'll make sure nobody you know sees it and things are nice okay. having said that the company also has a very interesting iot solution on top of these scooters so each scooter gets fitted with an iot box which takes care of theft of the scooters theft of the fuel uh also gives them ability to lock the scooter remotely uh, has a gps side in so there are a lot of those solutions 
which essentially make sure that you take care of you know the kind of questions that you had in mind. You know, what if somebody just leaves, leaves it in the wrong location? What if somebody sees the scooter? So they have gyrometer as soon as they pick up the scooter, if it goes above the ground, you know, the yeah. signal that is sent to the company. If it you know, if it is tilted, the signal is sent to the company. So there are those are the kind of tech solutions the company has pulled in uh, to make sure you adopt to Indian condition. Great. Another example. This is actually fascinating because we do have a very large uh, Indian uh, following, as you know. Um, so it's it's very interesting to hear about these trends and and what's new, what's cutting edge. So I'd love to hear more about what other interesting ideas are in your portfolio. And I just talking about the first theme, second theme. Again, I can give you examples across. I'm so excited about that to see that I can keep on chatting. But yeah. So should I give you an example in the middle? Yes, yes, absolutely. Please, go ahead. Sure. So this was the theme that I said, there are these SMEs, right, in India, where you yeah. can, so there's a company called Shop101. Uh, now, this is a social commerce application. And what we have seen is in last, uh, you know, five, seven years, India has seen Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, now TikTok, picking up uh, uh, as, as very important or very popular social media uh, platforms. Uh, while there is a consumer usage, a lot of micro-sellers, these are individuals sitting at home, students, traders, who are also using these platforms to sell items. And what a typical social, a micro-seller will do, she will have a page on Facebook. If she's selling, let's say, ethnic dresses, she will dress it up, and then people follow her because of her dressing style, and then they'll, over time, ask if this dress is available to be sold. There's a Facebook Messenger chat, then money gets transferred into the bank account, and then the lady will walk into a, a, a courier shop, a local courier shop, and ship the item. Mm -hmm. uh, in our last about uh, about more than a year back, Facebook claimed about 1.5 million such SMB pages in India alone. Mm -hmm. You look at WhatsApp; there are much more number of WhatsApp broadcast groups again used mm -hmm. to sell items. Uh, you look at Instagram; same thing. Now, these are not platforms designed to do e-commerce. So mm -hmm. what Shop 101 does is it has provided an end-to-end fully integrated uh, interface for a technology platform that makes these uh, micro-sellers look like a full-fledged e-commerce business. Mm -hmm. So if you use their platform in less than five minutes, you can create a shop of your own, which will be fully integrated into your social media accounts. Mm -hmm. uh, you will have all payment interfaces available you will have multiple logistic interfaces available that you can pick mm -hmm. and choose from. And these are all fully integrated. You don't have to get an IT consultant to you know, uh, yeah. add it to your online store. Uh, now, what that allows is this person now does not have to spend time on chat because now if a Facebook post is made on a new item, the link of the shop comes up there. You can go there, you can order and place it. This particular person never had COD as an option available because large courier companies will not enter in cash on delivery with individual, you know, small businesses. Right. Now, because you are going to shop on one, you have COD available. They get best rates from logistics companies. And on the back end, what they have done is one step extra. They have also gone and tied up with large manufacturers in the country uh -huh. and made their catalog available to these micro-sellers. So based on the followers that a microseller has, he or she picks up whichever item might get sold or will be liked within their follower base and promotes it 
on their shop or on their social media handle mm-hmm. what this has done is it has increased the procurement capability of the micro sellers mm-hmm. so for an end consumer they still buying from this micro seller because this micro seller provides trust she provides curation uh, she is somebody i can ask a question from uh, which typically in an amazon or a flipkart is very hard to do uh mm-hmm. and still uh, get a full range of items that can be sold now this is a classic case of tech enabling indian smes charge for software what they charge for each service that this micro seller uh, takes up so if they take up the bill payment if they take up the logistic that shop owner one provide if they buy from the supplier of the shop owner one uh, merchant base So there are charges for each one of them. So you pay as you go. In some sense, the more your revenue is, you know, your efficient revenue. Uh, last month, they had about forty such micro sellers who sold at least one item on their platform. So um, in the in the case that you just described on SMB uh, focus, and this is like very small uh, business focused uh, offering. Uh, you prefaced earlier by saying that the the tra- the business model is not necessarily that people are paying the the smbs are paying for the service but you're doing revenue sharing that doesn't apply to this particular company this is this is one you are charging for the actual software no so so what i meant was that if you charge like say shopify charges 100 dollars a month right irrespective of what business you do that's a software charge here what you are charging is if you use so as a as i mean decide not to use shop on own shipping service right i can sell on my shop on own website or my own website that shop on own creates but i may not use let's say i want to just use my local courier person in that case you don't pay anything to shop on own mm-hmm. you may decide that i will not take the payment service of shop on own in which case you don't pay for the payment service you may decide i want to design my own items i will not take the supplier that shop on one is giving me you don't pay for any so you decide as a sme and you only pay when your revenue on shop on one goes up so if you I sell see, two items you pay for transaction based fees you take a cut yeah. on the transactions based on what yeah. services the, the yeah. using got it right. and, and, um, and sometimes sorry Well, I'm actually very curious because you will hear a very interesting company. Actually, I don't know if Taranjit is on the call yet. Uh, this is a company that is in getting ready to go out to raise money. Um, this is a company that would be interested in accessing your, uh, you know, the shop on one on one body of influencers of small merchants. So this is. could be a very interesting opportunity for a new brand that is selling a new product to also access the market yeah yeah so actually now that's what is happening with shop on one you know there are so many new brands that are coming up yes. and they uh, they need so you know distribution platform right uh, so a, a large company like unilever led their series b because they feel beauty could be a very large channel or a beauty could be a very large range that could be sold on this channel similarly yes. smaller brands are using this as an alternate distribution channel great excellent all right so um talk to me about what is um you know besides these three categories that you've talked about um 
are aligned to these three categories that you talked about. If you look at your last 12 months or 18 months deal flow, what are you seeing? What's in the what's in the pipe in India? I imagine you see several thousand deals a year, right? So we see uh, maybe 1,400, 1,500 deals a year. Yeah. Uh, that's the deal volume we have. Uh, and they vary across sectors. So uh, we are a sector agnostic fund. We also have a very active top-down thesis-based approach. So each one of us look at one or more sectors. And then we go out and look for companies in those sectors. And then I say sectors, typically they are vertical sectors. Uh, there are a few horizontal sectors also that we look at, but mostly it is vertical sectors. So it could be logistics, it could be retail, it could be healthcare, education, financial services. And then we look for opportunities in those sectors where technology can play an interesting role. Uh, so in that sense, this deal flow is quite diverse. I don't think there is one particular theme that we have seen more than others. There are a lot of very interesting software companies that are coming up, uh, you know, digital first brands, education technology companies, financial services is very hot in India for the last several years, the fintech companies. Yes. Uh, uh, healthcare, we have an investment, logistics, we have an investment. So, yeah, it is, it is really spread across uh, various sectors, I would say. And the fintech and edtech uh, deal flow that you're seeing, does it align with that next 400 million consumers? So FinTech mostly, uh, even I would say education technology, uh, there are a lot of companies that we're seeing uh, who are talking about vernacular language-based content creation. Yeah. They're also targeting, so the first wave of edutech companies that were targeting test profession market were basically going after exams like engineering and medical. Uh, mm -hmm. But now we are seeing a lot of companies going after, uh, let's say, a bank exam, mm -hmm. uh, which allows uh, you know somebody to get employed at a bank. Uh, yeah. and it's a very large exam in India, but it is it is what something you know next 200 or 400 million Indian users find very relevant. Or people yeah. uh, people uh, do speak English, but in multi from multiple languages. Mm -hmm. So Gujarati kid trying to speak English and so on. So there are in edtech there is very there are a lot of companies. Fintech I would say is primarily there only. As in fintech is a lot about financial inclusion, people who could not yeah. get credit earlier, uh, both SMEs, consumers, people wanting to uh, you know, and and most of that behavior exists in an informal economy in India. Uh, what these fintech companies are doing are providing better quality product. Uh, in a more formal manner uh, to these consumers or to these SMEs. So how do you envision the financial story of this 400 million, uh, you know, next 400 million consumers? Um, is it going to be in the form of some version of microfinance? What, what form is it going to take and who's going to be lending? Is it your companies, these new companies that are coming up, new fintech companies, are they going to be lending out of their own pockets? or the funds that they raise, or is it going to be peer-to-peer, -peer? or is it going to be high net worth individuals or family offices lending to these? What format do you see this taking? So it is very hard to answer that question because you know, it is such a large market, I think you will see multiple models in this. What is happening today is primarily uh, trying to uh, you know, just in India, such a very hungry uh, society that you yeah. launch a company and people will, you will find a large segment of consumer or SMEs 
who have not been able to access credit. So today it is more plain vanilla about you know going out and getting that segment uh, in your in 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 uh, in, in your uh, you know target base. Now obviously there are a lot of challenges. You know it is very easy to lend money as we all know. Uh, the hard part is in collecting it. Uh, so there are those pieces that are not not yet figured out. I would say there are companies who have failed. There are companies who are doing a good job. Uh, also, over time, one needs to figure out why would a smaller company then over a, an existing large entity who has a lower cost of capital. So yeah. is your underwriting any different? Is your distribution any different? Uh, is your loan collection process any different? Those are, I would say, still unanswered questions for a lot of models. Uh, it is, I don't think microfinance per se or microfinance kind of model per se is going to be a dominant thing. Uh, it is still a base where you know banks have lowest cost of capital, so you have to somehow reach that cost of capital. It could be you start typically people start like a marketplace or giving a small first log first log guarantee. Uh, mm -hmm. Over time, they try uh, in India what is called NBFC, which is where you can take deposits okay. from uh, public. So that is what you end up doing. Uh, but at least as a fund, we don't think that one model is better than another. You can be, uh, you can actually earn a decent spread even as a marketplace, depending on which segment you're playing in. Okay. All right. Um, is there anything else that you would you would like to discuss with this audience before we uh, move to the entrepreneur pitches? No, that's it. And you know, uh, anyway, if we can be of help, let us know. Uh, but it was great being on the show, and I hope it was of use to some people at least. Absolutely, we're gonna definitely uh, send you some people. In fact, very soon I will send you some people. <laughs> All right, nice talking to you, Rahul. Thank you for coming sure. today. Bye.